0: Hey you, welcome to episode 153 of Legally Clueless. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome to the family. Make sure you join our fun, cozy con of the internet on our Instagram page. We're at Legally Clueless Podcast. And actually, the page was really growing. And earlier today, I was attempting to get to know the people on Instagram. So let me send a few shout outs to some of the people who commented on the post. Sorry, it's loading. Akima. my internet. Shout out to Shirley, who is living in kilifi born and raised in Baringo, Kenya. Another shout out going all the way to Tanzania. Caroline from Tanzania, who lives in Dar es Salaam, says she loves, loves listening to the podcast. We really appreciate you. And there's also Tonya. Have I said this right? Tonya. (laughs) is it Tonya oh my days I hope I haven't butchered your name from Guyana she's also lived in Nairobi Kenya for quite a bit not a new follower but introduced herself on the page and I appreciate that and that you listen to the pod so join our Instagram page at Legally Clueless Podcast there's a link to it in the show notes you can also check out our Facebook which is Legally Clueless our cool baby that is our YouTube channel Legally Clueless, there's a link to that in the show notes. You will be able to watch our tour series there and our video series. We just wrapped season two with... Oh my word, such a powerful story from Lynn Gogi. I'm not sure you know her, but she's one of Kenya's top YouTubers. She's such a genuine spirit, even when you watch her videos. So her channel is more on interviewing people, trying to get their real lived experiences. And I don't know, you just kind of get a sense of how genuine and raw and real she is. So I had always wanted to have her on our video series, so I'm very happy that she. She closed season two. So make sure you watch it. A link to our YouTube is in the show notes. All right, let's get back to this episode. This is what's coming up.
1: People call me Moha Graphics. After my father died, I think I knew my mother is there. So it was not that hard for me. But when my mother died, I was like, I was asking God. Mamangu. I went to the workshop. I uh, saw the car being resprayed. And the same, same designers doing the same car, which I did. It was really hurtful. I remember I cried all the way from Buruburu to I did another matter called Tasmania. It came on Citizen Live on News. I made its face like a transformer's face because sometimes things become so hard. Like it, last year when corona really hit, it was really hard for us. I was in another garage in industrial area. The rent was too high. It defeated me to pay. I went into depression. There was no work. I've never stopped trying to become better. I still study about new kind of pens, new kind of ways of spraying cars. What kind of new technologies there?
0: That's another person that I've always wanted to get on the pod moha graphics who's really at the core of matata culture here in kenya i'll tell you all about that a little later his story is coming up in this episode so let's jump right into the song of the week and i'm rather shocked that i've never shared this particular song because i love it i have no idea like not even the slightest idea (laughs) As to what this song is about, because it's in a language I don't understand, but there's just something, there's just something so soothing about it, right? And I'd love you to check it out, and maybe you'll, you know, feel what I feel when I listen to it. It's by Ami Faku, and the name of the song is Ebai. Anyone listening who knows (laughs) what this song is about, please send a DM to our Instagram page, because I have no idea, but I love it so much. I sing my own things, I know... (laughs) I think the only part of the song that I actually get right lyrics-wise is towards the end, she goes like, Tina, Tina. Okay, that, I mean surely i don't think i'm getting wrong <laughs> but everything else i just sing wrong lyrics with so much confidence but it's it's allowed isn't it? it's allowed check out the song i put a link to it in the show notes but in case you're listening on a platform with no show notes the name of the song is ebayi which is e-b-h-a-y-i and it's by ami faku check it out it's so dope. All right. Uh, Before we jump into 100 African stories, just to check in, I hope you are doing well. And even if you're not, I, I you know, I'm sending you so much peace and grace to just kind of navigate whatever it is that you're going through. On my end, I, whee, I think after my birthday, I immediately just experienced a very <laughs> challenging week. Very, very challenging week. And, you know, sometimes it's hard to juggle personal emotional stuff you're dealing with and still show up for work or whatever the commitments that you have that was hard this week that was really hard because i i am part of a project and this week we were actually doing like on ground activation so not only do i have to show up i have to interact with tons of humans and be chirpy <laughs> Oh, my days. It's what I found that in the hours leading up to the beginning of those activations, etc. that come as part of this project, I'd just be like anxious and just trying to master the energy to just show up. But what would happen is once the activation starts, like everything else that's stressing me in life just kind of fades to black and all that matters is what's happening in that moment, which is a really good skill to have. I do not know how I mastered it. <laughs> I, I wish I did so I could, you know, help you who hasn't mastered it yet. I don't I don't know how that happened, but I realized it on the second day of activations. So I was like, hi yeah. For those six or so hours, I'm I'm focused on this thing that I have to do. You know, I, I don't remember the stresses, but I am navigating a huge life challenge i would call it and and there are two things i think that i'm kind of taking away so far i'm pretty sure the list will grow much longer right now it's two things the first one is i i really i think sometimes want to speed through challenges or like rough patches in life i want to arrive on the other side fast Quick, fast, and in a hurry, because sometimes pain or, or dark moments can be so uncomfortable, right? But again, and I think I've said this on the podcast before, it's so important for me to allow myself to feel. I read something this week from a poet. It was part of a poem he wrote. And it said, no feeling is final. So you need to, instead of being scared of the terror that sometimes comes our way in life, he is basically saying, welcome both beauty and terror. They're there for a reason and no feeling is final. So this too shall pass, basically. So there's that and, you know, just kind of like ride it. And the other thing that this particular poet, I, I would share his name, but then the page refreshed (laughs) and I lost his name and I lost his work, which is so sad. Okay. Well, some of his work I didn't lose, but it doesn't have his name. Anyway, I'm sure I'll find it soon. But the second thing he said was on questions. And sometimes like when we're going through things, you'll either be like, why is this happening to me? Or why is this happening at all? Or how do I solve it? Like there's so many questions when you're going through uncomfortable patches in your life and you're kind of like looking or questioning the universe and you're trying to find a solution, right? This poet said, live in the questions, which I thought was so profound. Isn't that like a process that we try and speed up and kind of only want to live in solutions? Life can be lived in the questions, is what this guy said. And I, I just, I found that to be very profound, especially and, and relatable to me in this moment. So just sit with the questions, live in the questions. And in doing so with time, the answers will arrive. Sometimes they don't arrive on our time. Most times they don't arrive on our clock. <laughs> but there is something to be experienced when you live in the questions. I found those two things to be so profound. Ah, You see why I like poetry? Teaches you so so much. Anyway, as you sit with those two things and as I, I try and figure out this poet's name so I can share his name with you for heaven's glories. I'd like to remind you of a partnership that I'm currently in. With the European Union. This is a partnership that I've mentioned, I think, an episode ago in episode 151, the one that features a very powerful story by Dorcas. We went to Kisumu to record that story. So, another story that we did in partnership with the European Union, you will hear in this episode. And the reason that we're doing this is that the EU in Africa campaign is geared towards celebrating, recognizing and accelerating Kenyans and Africans really who are doing extraordinary things, amazing things in the creative space, in agriculture, in tech. And one of those people is someone I've always wanted to have on the podcast. He is at the core of Matatu culture. So for those of you who are not from Kenya, our public transports consists of it's very messed up first (laughs) man i hope we figure it out sooner rather than later in terms of systems that is but it also consists of vans or minibuses which we call matatus now in other countries they will be like one color, very dull. <laughs> Not throwing shade, but a hey, one color, very dull, very boring. No art whatsoever associated with them. But in Kenya, it's very different because they are really part of our modern culture, you would say, because they range from having graffiti on them, so portraits of musicians, personalities. I've even seen some where the matatu owner has put like a portrait or picture of his wife or kids on, on their matatu, which I thought was pretty cool. They said, I think that's like a standard. So When you are in various urban cities or counties in Kenya, you'll spot a lot of art and graffiti on the matatus. And it's quite an interesting thing to to see and try and decipher. Like, oh, it's like moving art galleries, really. And it stems and it goes from that to even some having like changing the actual shape of the minibus. So there are some that end up looking like Transformers or this like army truck. Hey, I remember there was one, I used to live in an area called Langata, and there was one on that route that looked like an army it like just like a tank. It used to scare me, man. <laughs> Whenever I'd be coming down Langat Road and I spotted behind me, I'm like, oh my god, oh my goodness, can he see me? But it is art, you know. It is art, and it's it's loud. It's artistic. It's vibrant art, and it's it's a tourist attraction in its own right. Many of these matatus that have the graffiti etc you will spot the name of the artist somewhere and there's one name that i think every kenyan has spotted because his name is on so many matatus moha or Moha Graphics, and I've always wanted to record his story and just get to know his journey a bit more. And I'm very happy that, thanks to the European Union, we made that happen. So at the beginning of the year, we went to his garage and got to learn so much about his journey, where he came from, and how his passion for art started so many years ago. So many years before we started spotting his name. On my tattoos. Legally clueless, in collaboration with the European Union, supporting local initiatives.
1: My full name is Mohamed Kartar. People call me Moha Graphics. I think it's a name I just imprinted on myself because of the Moha. People used to call me and the graphics, what I used to do. Oh, uh, what I'm still doing. And I'm in Nairobi. I was born in Isili, uh, brought and bred in Isili. All my years, I have two sisters. Okay, I had a stepsister, but she passed on. Her name was... Regina Qatar, I think you know her, Ted Josiah's wife. Yeah, she was my youngest sister. And uh, the fun things we had in our time is—it's all about playing. It's not like this generation people are all on computers, on games. Our time was all about going fishing for tadpoles, going to Nairobi River. You are swimming. Okay, I never swim, but I used to just take my friends to go swimming. Me, look at them because I'm scared of water. Okay, my my father passed on when i was in, i was thirteen years then my mother passed when i was Six, seven, 16. sixteen—just one year apart. Yeah, life changed because you know we were all dependent on our parents. My father was Kikuyu, my mother was Arab. Now you see, after they died, our families were like apart. No one used to care for us. We are all by ourselves. I used to do car washes. I used to be a makanga. I used to make stickers so that we could get something for me and my sisters too to survive on. So it was really hard. Life changed drastically because it was like we had everything then after our father died, it was all up upon my mother and my mother got really stressed and all that because they loved each other so much. That's when my father passed. My mother started becoming depressed and I think she died because of depression and all this because at that time there was no counseling and all those things. So it was really hard for her. She had three three kids. She was not working. So it was really hard. But I thank God at least Allah after he took my parents from us, I think he made us Stronger because if it wasn't for them, I think I would be one irresponsible person because I used to depend on my mother so much. If I even if I want to take a glass of water i have to tell mom i need water so i think allah did his best because he always d- does something better for you maybe for you, you think it's not good but when he does it it's always best for you he's never wrong after my father died i think i knew my mother is there so it was not that hard for me but when my mother died i was like i was asking god mimi?" because i used to go up on the top of the, our building, I was looking at everyone, I was asking God, now you saw not all of these people could lose their mothers, only me. There was a time I wanted to, to kill myself because I never saw another day without my mother. She used to be my best friend, my best everything, my everything, and now she's no longer there. So at that time I was like, I never thought about the future because in my head there was no future without my mother. Because those days people never used to die like this days. People every week you see my cousin is dead, mm-hmm. My brother but that t- that time it was something very hard for someone to to absorb, and it's your mother. I never thought of having another future. I was like i I knew I was going to follow my mother because i used even sometimes I used to go and try and do something so that I can just die." or try and walk on the road. Maybe a car hits me, I die. And nothing happened because I believed because at that time I started getting strong friends with strong faith, older uh, uh, friends who used to teach me things which I never thought. Because at that time, I always I was always being taught by another friend of mine. He always used to tell me something. Allah will always break you to make you. And for me, I think me losing my mother was something really bad. But I always thank Allah because he did something which he knew would make me a better person today. I did like everything. I I, I, I started working in a, a grocery shop, helping someone so they can get 10 bob, 30 bob, then making stickers because, you see, I'm an artist. Even when I was going through all this, I used to paint pictures, trying to sell to shops, people to sell for me, or just hang them somewhere, just then wait to see someone if he's speaking. Then when he's speaking... 50 bop. I, I did shoe shining, I did garbage collection, I did car wash. I did like all the kind of jobs someone will do. Just to make something. After I finished school, uh, my father used to work in with Manu Chandaria. Now, after we finished school, me and my, my sister, we were both taken now to uh, where my father used to work. Because my father used to work at Girl Sheet, Instill. He used to be like a general uh, engineer there. So I was put in uh, Girl Sheet. My sister was in Instill. I used to work as loading. I was on the loading bay. My sister was put in accounts where she... Was taken to secretarial mm-hmm. accounts, mm-hmm. but for me, I was just putting in the loading. Storyako kushia Po. No, I never enjoyed. I was never satisfied by doing those things. Okay, it. I, I used to get a salary for for us. That was the main thing, getting something. But with my soul and my passion and everything, I was never satisfied. I was like deprived from what I love doing. And at that time, I never thought that art. Okay, to us, art was just part of a gift Allah has given you. So you're an artist. So you'll become an artist, then you work. That was normally what used to be. Because even if you're a singer, you will work and sing, but not like now. If you're an artist, you're an artist. If you're a singer, you're a singer. You're a journalist, you're all that. You see, at that time, we never thought that what you are gifted of can feed you. I think me, I changed, I think, the perception of people because people never thought that what you are gifted, or you, your talent can take you somewhere. Mm-hmm. I think when I, I did it, and I was different from the people who are doing the kind of job I'm doing till now, because at that time, being, let's say, a Mwarabu guy, always a sugwagari. You cannot do these hard things. You are either a supervisor or the boss. Never people never thought that being even a girl, you can do something different from uh, those kind of your your gender is doing. Yeah, I used to draw every day. I never stopped drawing. It was like part of me. Eh, and a good thing is at that time I used to just make people shock. I was like taking a paper, two pens, drawing with my right left. Now people in the office looking ah, so you can draw, yeah? So you can do this. It was like fun, making people feel good. But after I left Girl Sheet, I went to another company called Tononoka. I worked in Tononoka for like a few months but it, uh, it uh, never went well. There was some problem at work. Then I was chest. So I, I went to another company called Salias. Now, from Salias, that's when I was given a job of salesman. I was given a diary, a very plain diary, good one for drawing. So instead of putting contacts of clients, I used to just draw, draw draw patterns. So after some time, people are bringing sales. Me, I'm bringing zero. Then there's a meeting. There was a sales meeting. All the salesmen were called up to the boss's office. Me, I was trying to make myself very busy cleaning, arranging files so I could not be called. So And it worked. So after people were called, the boss called me. Once after he called me, he gave me, I think it was 200 shillings, he told me, go buy for me Embassy embassy Kings. So I went bo- buy for him. So after that day, he started... Uh, Uh, using me as his messenger because he knew I was not selling but he knew there was something wrong with me I was really good with my hands he wants something to be done to his car he's like, "Uh, Mohammed, can you do something Uh, just go get the mechanica do this, this, I was all hands on but when he tells me, Sijui, write for me a receipt, I was like okay, now do I start writing you see, after some time he called me. He told me, give me your diary. When he opened my diary, it was full of portraits artwork. He's the one who told me, Moha, you should do this what you want. He called the accountant. He told him to pay me for two months. At that time, I think I was getting 6,000. I think there are six, 7,000. I was paid for two months. After I was paid for two months, he told me, now go look for what you love. Imagine that's my boss. But he passed on. He was the best boss I ever met. And I think I'm trying to be like him. I I never want to force someone to do what they don't like. Even at my work here, I ask my boys, you really want to do it? If you really want to do it, do it. If you don't tell me what you want, then we'll do that. After I left, that's where I went to. I looked for a garage called Catskill. I went there. Uh, I was standing at the gate. Then I met another owner of another vehicle, which I used to sell for him stickers when I was in school. He was like, what are you doing here? I'm telling him that I'm doing my tattoos. So he told me, just come. I have my matatu here. Then from there, I did the matatu. It didn't, okay, it came out very well, but because the other designers who were there, the signwriters and all that, they were so jealous. They t- gave him bad stories about what I was doing. In, so the car had to be resprayed again. I lost everything. Because after we went, we went inside, he showed me the car. He told me, now I want my car, this one to be done. So, But the other matatus being done. So, and we had like three, four days because the car was still being prepared. So I think those three days, I think I learned everything. I saw what people were doing, putting the masking tapes, trying to draw on the masking tape, cutting them off. So I was like, ah, this is simple. And I thank God I'm not... I'm 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 very bright when it comes to learning things and in being innovative because even we'll we'll go around the workshop you see I'm building a limousine I'm doing things people don't normally do because I always tell people being normal is really boring for me I did all my silver teeth because people used to do one so I thought it was normal doing one so I decided I just put all of them so after. I, I did that. I learned what people were doing. So I did it. But I did it in my own kind of style. That's when these people, the other people in that workshop like were like, Now this guy just, ha- just came yesterday. He's doing a better job than us. And was much, much faster. I took a shorter time because I'm really impatient. I can't be doing one thing for like a whole month. I like doing it very fast. And those people who did... The bad mouths about me. They they became my best friends. Let me tell you, some of them, they're still friends of mine because I even taught them things they never knew. And they were in the market even before me. At that time, after I went to the workshop, I uh, saw the car being resprayed and the same same designers doing the same car, which I did. It was really hurtful. I remember I cried all the way from Buruburu to Isili. I was trying to wipe my tears, but the tears are just flowing. A whole grown man cried. Crying on the road because I didn't even have fare, so I walked all the way to Isili. But I think it made me stronger, at least I because I learned one thing. Because without failing, you'll never succeed, without going through all these bad things, you'll never reach a point where you are like you know everything. I thank God at, the, at this point, as we are speaking, there's nothing about cars I don't know, there's nothing about art someone can come and tell me I'll teach you. I think I've done enough mistakes in my life. I think I've gone through 15 years of just mistakes, mistakes. Even I have students I teach. I always tell them, I'm taking 15 years just giving you in a month. Because all what I went through in 15 years, I think now I'm just teaching you maybe in two words. So... I think that whole process was a good thing for me. For At that time, it was really hard because I never had someone I could go and talk to, tell them that, what should I do? Because if my, I went to my sister, my sister will be like, see, I told you. You see, even someone tells you I told you and you are really wrong, then you are really told. Okay, after Hustle, I did another one called Buster Flex. At least that one was not rubbed. It was not re- uh, resprayed. And at least it, it made my name a bit... For those Juwakali small people. So I used to be called that Moha just come, there's another car for another old Mze here, you he want something. Because young guys never wanted to see me because maybe my designs at that time were not presentable to them. Then, I after some time, I think after two, three uh, cars I did, I, I I went to another garage doing another private van for a school, school van. Then, in the same garage there's another guy who was given a job on a matatu where he, he went with the money. So, they had to look for someone else and I was there. So, they Told me to just do designs on paper, present to them maybe after two, three days they see they decide on one, then I they can give me the job. So I did I, I was like I had sleepless nights. I was like doing for three days doing different designs. I thank God I came up with one which really impressed them and my ideas I told them we put a bigger tire behind, we we just lift the rear side, become up. So all those ideas they liked, and it really, really made my name. That was, the, the, the car was called Ganja Farm. That matter really made my name, and I thank God... After that time till now, I really work. I've really worked hard. I've no, I don't I never stop working hard because people say becoming number one is really easy, but maintaining that position is really hard. So I have to work every every day. I work so hard every day. I try and create new things so that I can still be relevant to everyone. I've been in this industry for over 20 years. New guys are coming, younger people with new ideas, good ideas. But I thank God I'm still. There, people still know me, people still look for me, and I still work for their cars. With me, I think, okay, I'm not that business-minded. I think all this is just the grace of Allah, the grace of God. The first time I, I remember I charged a car for 4,000. I used up to 15, I think 15 to 20,000. And uh, that was not the last time. I think I did it more than enough. My sister was like, "You see, my sister is doing accounts, she's an accountant. My sister is like, "How stupid?" And uh, let me tell you. I won't lie to you, even till now. Sometimes I undercharge because the main thing I love doing is working. I work so much, but what I get is not equivalent to what I work. But I thank God because as much as I work, Allah sustains For me, the money comes, sometimes I even get more, sometimes I even get less. But the first time it was really nice, I used to get every time less. I used to charge like 3,000, then I used 10. The time I'm using, I'm charging 20, I'll use 50. So it was like a trend for me. I used to charge lower than, I don't know... The problem was what, but I, I think I should go for to business school now. After the Ganja farm, there's another one, a big matatu for, it was Fuisili, yeah. It was called Old School. There's another one called Fujotupu. You know, you know all those, then there's Vishasha, Vituko. There are names which I always remember, they have a place in my heart because they really made my name at that time. I used to be a superstar. Like, I remember the one I did for old school. Then I put B.I.G. behind there because the owner used to be like, looked like B.I.G. was really fat and all that. So I just uh, did a portrait for B.I.G. behind. Then I did the name old school. The whole car, I filled it with this harsh... Thing with stickers, it was really nice. Then there's a time not uh, not very long ago, I think in 2014, 2015, I, need a, I did another Matat called Tasmania. It came on Citizen Live on news. I came with it to the stage. I made its face like a Transformers face. Yeah. So those are the things which I, 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 I think I can never forget. Yeah, Even I think it was in 2002, 2003, there's a time uh, Juwakali removed a track called Kiasi. I'm the one who did the first Matatu called Kiasi. The song was really new. Now my friend called me in Mombasa, I did the Matatu for Kiasi. Now after that, I did like all the Matatus in Mombasa. Every two weeks I was in Mombasa doing three, four cars, three, four cars. Went to Kisumu, went to Nakuru, went to Eldoret, everywhere. I've even gone to South Africa to do a a bus, graffiti with galaxy theme and all that. It was for an advertisement, but they wanted it to look like a matatu. Okay, for me, let me tell you, on my side, graffiti is like food for my soul. It's like, last week I was sick, I was really sick, I was not working, I became more sick. Because I was not working. If I don't take an airbrush, do an artwork, I really feel empty. Leave alone for it being a culture in Kenya. But for me, it's like a way of living, a way of surviving. Because it satisfies my soul. It satisfies my well-being it's like okay i don't know how to explain it but if i don't do art i don't know what i can do because sometimes things become so hard like last year when corona really hit it was really hard for us for me especially because I i was in another garage in industrial area the rent was too high it defeated me to pay i went into depression there was no work it was really hard because provided I get something. That time, I used to just do T-shirts. I used to even to do T-shirts for free. Because if I don't do something, I become more depressed. I just go home. My hands becoming so clean, it's a problem for me. Even my kids, when I go home, my hands are clean. They were like, "When am you're sick. So for me, graffiti is, I think, a way of surviving. Me, without doing it, I don't know if... I, I know I will survive, but not for long. I think I'll be mad because I have too much creativity in my head. Okay, I used to work from home. You see, Corona, what oh, work from home. So me, I started working from home because after I used to go to different garages, now it was overwhelming for me because someone is calling me maybe in Mbakasi. One guy is in Embakasi, another one is in Buruburu, the other one is in Rongai. So it was really hard. So I decided, let me just start Someone looking for me, just tell them to come to my workshop. My workshop was at home. I used to say in a uh, building where... My parents used to stay, now the cars used to come there, not after I look for someone to do the sanding, then the panel beating, then I do the paint, then the graffiti, slowly, slowly, but it reached a point where now the cars becoming started becoming many in the in our premises. So in 2003, I got a garage in California, in California just near Mpambe dishes, I set up there, I think I worked there for like three, four months, then I got another one, because now the only the only owner used to overcharge me when he sees too much because at that time, that's when Swalem Doe featured me in this Bongola Biashara. So the owner was like, ah, now you should start uh, advertising my premises. Nini, don't use the Moha thing. You You use my name Matimbei Motors. Then I left that place. I got another garage in Isili section 3. I think that was in 2003, 2004 there. Now from 2004, I was in Isili till... 2017 where I moved to industrial area I stayed there for two years then I left I came here to Ngong Road. and here I'm really satisfied because it's a bigger place the environment is really good okay I've been working with different people even EU Africa and European Union I've done four vans for them they are telling me now we are looking for vans individual Vans for people. We want to incorporate graffiti with the U- European Union. Now they are like, the European Union is all about peace. It's all about bringing the youth and the society together. All these things, innovation, music, dance. So that's where now they got my my attention. Then I told them if we have four vans, we can do four themes. We can do music, we can do dance, we can do innovation, that's tech, and uh, we can do culture. Culture meaning fashion mm-hmm. where involves people who are youth. And involved in this. Now you see, like the first one you did for OctoPiso. OctoPiso was all about music. I did all the music instruments and we incorporated the European Union logo and their flag. And you can imagine for Matatu people to accept something like this is like a corporate brand on a Matatu. Normally they refuse. Mm-hmm. But how I put it, it really made those Matatu owners really like it because they have their colors. They have blue, yellow, a bit of orange, dark blue. So I incorporated all this in a graffiti kind of form artwork, and everyone liked it. The EU loved it. The Matatu owners themselves, they loved it. Even when I went to Mombasa, I did that too. The owners were like, they were a bit spectacle about, Mohana, we are doing the light blue and the dark blue. How will it become? I, tell them, I always tell them, if you trust me, I will do something good. And they trusted me, and the you trusted me. We did a beautiful thing. It really takes time. The ideas takes like five minutes to think. Uh, it really takes a lot of time. Yeah, the five minutes is really long. Now, because they told me to just draw it down. I told them I have a, a a problem in doing something on paper where I'm supposed to do on the body because I have two kind of papers when I do on the white paper I cannot do it on the body paper so they they gave me the chance I told them let me start working start work on the vehicles when I'm working on them Every process, I'll send it to you. You like every process, I'm okay. You don't want it, I'll redo it. Because when I do something, I think at this point, I'm 100% sure you'll like it. I don't do things to make myself see nice. I know how to catch someone's eyes. And when it came to the portraits, like for the one I did for Octopizzo, I just went to Octopizzo's Instagram, just picked a screenshot a picture, send it to the EU people, told them this is what I want to do. They were like, oh because you know they had to go through confirmation, ask Octopiso himself. Octopiso told them if it's Mohad, let him do it. Then I I think I did like the portrait just took me like forty five minutes. The sketching took me a long time, like ten. Then the rest took like an eternity, forty five minutes. The hardest thing me in in a portrait is starting. I won't lie to you. Sometimes my my boys have to push me. I'm always scared. It's I think it's a weakness I have. I'm always scared of starting a portrait, it takes me like even two days for me to just start it. But when I do it, I start it, the moment I take a pencil and do the sketch, it takes me most one an hour. You know, I did for both seven days, two matatus in seven days. And the portraits I did for Sautisol, I did them in an hour. All of them. Four. I remember I was in that garage. There are designers there. They were like, they were asking me this question. brother, I think they went to lunch. They came back, I was done. I was washing my nails. Okay, if I could go back, talk to myself on how to start this business. Okay, I always tell people never to think about the money. Always create and become. And get the best skill. You can. After having the skill, the money will come. But always before you start a business, in a business kind of way, always have capital. Because that's what one thing I never had. I never started with any capital. It really brought me down. Every time I went in losses, I was like starting again. I, every day I was like starting a new moha graphics. After like two months, I'm starting another moha graphics. Because I've lo- gone to a loss of 500000 Now I'm starting again. But if you, you know you are good, you have your skill, before you start something make sure you have the tools the materials you need and if maybe you are selling something what you are selling you have to have the know-how of what that thing is never start something with no knowledge for me all the young people wanted want to start something with their passion with their talents they have to become really good at the what they are doing and never never Think of the money they are going to get. Money will always come. Skill is what you have to build. Money will come. The older I become, the better I become. I get more skills. I Okay, I'm, I'm becoming mature. I'm realizing the mistakes I did when I was young. Some other things I'm trying to become more innovative. Because at this day and age, the more innovative you become the better you will you will live because you see like now I'm doing new things i never thought that time i started doing my tattoos Ati, i will be doing Uh, limousines. I did a a bus for EABL. I did it like a club inside. The DJ box, TVs, lounge, everything. No one told me that one day I was going to do that. But the thing is, I have never stopped trying to become better. I still study about new kind of pens, new kind of ways of spraying cars, what kind of new technologies there because in kenya we are still really really behind because i went to china for a seminar and a competition where i I thank god i became top five i learned a lot of things we are really really behind in equipment in innovation it's all upon us the people who people depend on to start innovating
0: Legally Clueless, powered by the European Union, enhancing Kenyan ideas, creativity, and entrepreneurship by supporting different sectors from tech, education, agriculture, and healthcare. Visit EU in Kenya on Facebook to find out more on what's happening near you. I hope you enjoyed that story by Moha. I really enjoyed recording it and just being at his garage, watching him in action. Actually, when we finished recording the story, he took us to a matatu he was working on just like next to his office in his garage. And then impromptu, unrehearsed, he just gets his paints ready and he starts like painting this piece on the back door of the matatu and in literally what five minutes at most 10 but i think it was five minutes he's done with this thing he just hadn't rehearsed <laughs> he just like uh, it came so naturally to him and also what was very interesting is that his ambidextrous so he's using both his right and left hand ah so we got a bit of video when we went to record this at his garage so if you check out legally clueless podcast on instagram you can watch that video Hey, blew me away. And to find more inspiring people just like Moha or like Dorcas, whose story was in episode 151, you can check out EU in Kenya on Facebook. I've put a link to their Facebook page in the show notes. I think sometimes why why this entire exercise that we're doing is important is sometimes, especially like in traditional media, there is a lot that isn't going right in the country. And once you're constantly being reminded of that, you can think that that's all there is to us. But there's some really brilliant stories. There's some really amazing people who are doing things that are so innovative, so creative, and they have such powerful stories that I do Think it's a disservice to not pay attention to their stories and not give them their flowers for the work that they're doing. So, check out EU in Kenya on Facebook, link in the show notes to discover more inspiring people. And speaking of stories, if you want to share your story on an episode of Legally Clueless in the show notes, there's a link to a Google form, fill it out, I will get back to you. And you can catch this podcast on Trace Radio in Kenya every Monday and Wednesday at 12 noon and 11 p.m. Every Friday at 12 noon, and you can stream on traceradio.co.ke or get a list of the frequencies on that website as well. And I cannot believe I almost forgot. Oh, my days, maybe it's age, but also I don't know. I don't think I've ever been a Valentine's Day person, but like this is going up on Valentine's Day. I don't know what that means. Actually, just yesterday, a friend and I were watching a Kenyan YouTuber giving. A list of different gift ideas for somebody who's dating a man to give this man, right? So she categorized them like, oh, if he's a husband, or blah blah blah. And then in the category for it's complicated, hey I really feel bad for people in there because the gifts. <laughs> ah, one of the gifts was a keychain. I don't know what that really stuck with me because I was like, I can't imagine receiving a gift like in a box. You know in it's a tiny box, you're like, wow, 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 wow. this must be something. (laughs) And then you open it and you find a keychain. Oof. I don't know. Maybe I guess if it's not one of those branded promo ones. But still, a (laughs) keychain. Anyway, for what it's worth, happy Valentine's Day if you celebrate it. I hope your day is full of love. You know what? Not just Valentine's Day. I hope all your days are full of love, are full of peace. And what else do I hope?